Hello, this is Anviti from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Friday, the 10th of June. India witnessed a spike in COVID-19 numbers with 7,584 new cases recorded in the past 24 hours. According to the data shared by the Union Health Ministry on Friday, the number of COVID cases in India saw the sharpest rise since January with daily cases topping the 7,000 mark for the first time in 99 days. Moreover, the seven-day average for COVID numbers doubled in less than 10 days, with 36,267 active cases registered in the past 24 hours, according to the Times of India. Maharashtra, Kerala, Delhi and Karnataka have been directed to employ a five-fold strategy of testing, tracking, treating, vaccinating and COVID protocols, the Hindu reported. Health Secretary Bharat Bhushan has written to these states to keep an eye on COVID clusters, stating that 81% of the cases in the last 24 hours were from these states. The ministry said that there is a need to follow a risk assessment-based approach without losing the gains made so far in the fight against the pandemic. The country witnessed 24 deaths, taking the total death toll to 5,24,747 as of today. Dr. Soumya Swaminathan, WHO chief scientist, issued a statement saying that this could be the start of a mini-wave because the sub-variants that are emerging in India are more transmissible than the original Omicron BA.1. The issue of waning immunity can also be factored in to explain the sudden spike. Protests erupted outside the Jama Masjid in Delhi after the Friday prayers to demand the arrest of suspended BJP spokesperson Nupur Sharma over her controversial remarks on Prophet Muhammad, PTI reported. With the same set of demands, protesters were also seen at many places in Uttar Pradesh, including Muradabad, Lucknow and Saharanpur. Community leaders said that anything less than the BJP spokesperson's arrest won't suffice and they must be put behind bars for making blasphemous remarks against Prophet Muhammad. Meanwhile, in view of communal tensions that flared up last evening, Internet services have been suspended and a curfew has been imposed in various parts of Jammu and Kashmir, Indian Express reported. There is a curfew in Kishtawar district and Badarwa town in the adjoining Doda district and prohibitory orders under the Section 144 of the Criminal Procedure Code have been imposed in the rest of the Chenab Valley, including Ramban district. An official told news agency PTI that these are precautionary measures in view of the communal tension. According to Indian Express, the tensions arose when alleged objectionable remarks were made against a particular community during a protest rally in Badarwa. Protesters demanded the arrest of those who backed former BJP spokesperson Nupur Sharma's remarks on Prophet Muhammad. Unverified videos circulated on social media showed protesters calling for action by the government, failing which those such as Nupur Sharma would be beheaded. Local media reports said that this was followed by a counter-protest by the other community. FIRs have been registered in both the cases. The police have warned that anyone found violating law and order will not be spared. A case has been registered under IPC Sections 295A, deliberate and malicious acts intended to outrage religious feelings of any class by insulting its religion or religious beliefs, and 506, punishment for criminal intimidation, at police station Badarwa, PTI reported. Former Jammu and Kashmir Chief Minister Omar Abdullah said on Twitter, I hope cooler heads prevail. 
Jammu and Kashmir has enough problems without adding to them with communal tension spreading in and around Badarwa. I appeal to everyone to maintain calm and ask my party colleagues to help normalize the situation at the earliest. The Interpol has issued a red corner notice against Satinder Jeet Singh alias Goldi Brar within 8 days of a CBI request, PTI reported. Brar, who lives in Canada, had claimed responsibility for the killing of singer and Congress leader Siddhu Musewala in a Facebook post. A native of Sri Muktsar Sahib, he had gone to Canada on a student visa in 2017 and is an active member of the Lawrence Bishnoi gang, according to the Punjab police, the Hindu reported. The Punjab police had sought a red corner notice against Brar on May 30th in connection with two old cases, officials said on Thursday. The Interpol also issued a red corner notice against fugitive terrorist Harvinder Singh Sandhu, also known as Rinda, who Punjab police says is currently living in Pakistan and is backed by Babbar Khalsa International, headed by Vadhwa Singh and Pakistan's Inter-Services Intelligence, Indian Express reported. According to the report, the CBI said a communication was received from the Bureau of Investigation, Punjab police, through an email on May 30th with a letter dated May 19th that sought a red corner notice against Brar in two cases FIR number 409 dated November 12 2020 and FIR number 44 dated February 18 2021 at City Police Station Faridkot these cases relate to a shootout in 2020 and a murder in 2021 both in Faridkot The communication was sent nearly 6 months after a court had issued warrants against Brar in both cases probed by the state police sources said the CBI said a red corner notice is neither mandatory nor a prerequisite for sending an extradition request more so when the location of the subject is known JDS leader HD Kumaraswamy on Friday accused Congress of being the B team of Bharatiya Janata Party amid reports of cross voting in the ongoing Rajya Sabha polls Hindustan Times reported in the closely watched contest for Rajasthan's four seats to the Rajya Sabha cross voting allegations and defectors might give leverage to Congress NDTV reported BJP MLA Shobha Rani Kushwaha was accused of cross voting for the Congress party on Friday while a technical objection was raised about the validity of her vote according to reports Rajendra Rathore a BJP MLA urged the vote be overturned when Kushwaha voted for the Congress candidate in another case of cross voting K Srinivas Agora in Karnataka the leader of JDS voted for the Congress and told the reporters that he did it because he loves it HD Kumaraswamy had earlier in the day accused Congress leader Siddharamaiya of preventing his party MLAs from voting for JDS. The election for 16 vacant Rajya Sabha seats from Rajasthan, Haryana, Karnataka and Maharashtra began at 9 a.m. on Friday. Around 41 candidates have been elected to the Rajya Sabha without opposition. The election for the upper house will be crucial in light of the upcoming presidential elections on July 18th, NDTV reported. Meanwhile, the AIMIM decided to back the Maharashtra Vikas Aghadi. AIMIM MP Imtiaz Jalil said the party made the decision to defeat the BJP despite political and ideological differences with the Shiv Sena, which is a partner in MVA. NCP Minister Nawab Malik, who is currently in jail, had moved the High Court to cast his vote. His bail plea was rejected. In Rajasthan, Chief Minister Ashok Gehlot said the Congress will comfortably win 3 out of the 4 seats. 
However, Bharatiya Party Loktantrik MLA Vasudev Devnani said a miracle will happen when the results are announced in the evening. In Haryana, 89 of the 90 polled their votes because independent Haryana MLA Balraj Kundu abstained from voting. After the voting, Congress MLA Neeraj Sharma said that Ajay Makan shall definitely win and they shall get more votes than required. Listeners, speaking of the Rajya Sabha elections, you must have often heard the phrases resort politics and horse trading. The Rajya Sabha elections have huge stakes and all parties involved try their best to secure votes for their nominated candidates from their native places. But sometimes, as it turns out, a person's native place can be changed as per convenience. As the political world and media recently discovered that Shubhash Chandra of Z Media fame and current Rajya Sabha member belongs to Rajasthan when he filed as an independent candidate from Rajasthan with the support of the Bharatiya Janata Party. However, he is currently a Rajya Sabha member from Haryana. Read my colleague Ayush Tiwari's report titled Why Shubhash Chandra's Rajya Sabha Dreams Are Now Congress's Nightmare on newslaundry.com to learn about how the Rajya Sabha mats in Rajasthan will work out with this new development. Listeners, if you like the work that we do and want more in-depth investigations like this, do consider subscribing to News Laundry. Remember that we are able to deliver these reports free from corporate or government influence only because we don't depend on them for ads. Our journalism is funded by you, our subscribers. So if you aren't already a part of our ad-free system, subscribe by going to newslaundry.com and clicking on the red subscription button at the top right corner. Subscription plans begin from rupees 300 a month. Pay to keep news free. Fitch ratings on Friday revised its outlook on India's long-term foreign currency issuer default rating or IDR to stable from negative, citing diminished downside risk to medium-term growth, the Reuters reported. The ratings agency said risks to the country's medium-term growth lessened due to rapid economic recovery and easing financial sector weakness despite near-term headwinds from the global commodity price shock. Fitch Ratings Agency publishes credit ratings that are forward-looking opinions on the relative ability of an entity or obligation to meet financial commitments. Issuer default ratings or IDRs are assigned to corporations, countries, financial institutions such as banks, leasing companies, and others. Credit ratings are indicators of the likelihood of repayment in accordance with the terms of the issuance. ANI reported that the rating agency noted the conditions in the financial sector were a key growth impediment before the COVID-19 pandemic, but it has improved in recent years. Fitch lowered India's economic growth for 2022-23 fiscal year to 7.8% from the 8.5% it had forecast in March, saying the inflationary impacts of the global commodity price shock were dampening some of the positive growth momentum. However, Fitch's projection was ahead of Reserve Bank of India's projection, which was 7.2%. In 2021-22, India's economic growth was at 8.7%. Fitch kept its rating on India as triple B minus. According to their website, the triple B ratings indicate that expectations of default risks are currently low. The capacity for payment of financial commitments is considered adequate, but adverse business or economic conditions are more likely to impair this capacity. 
more than 18 months after the January 6th Capitol riots in Washington, D.C., a congressional hearing took place for the same on Thursday evening. The revelations, after many testimonies, have largely placed the blame on Donald Trump. Lawmakers stressed throughout the hearing that the attack on the Capitol was planned in advance and was not an impromptu riot after the Trump rally near the White House. Liz Cheney, the Republican vice chair of the committee, said Donald Trump, the then outgoing president, had quote-unquote lit the flame of this attack, BBC reported. While Benny Thompson, a Democrat, said the riot endangered American democracy. Proud Boys, a group of Trump supporters and far-right extremists, led the mob that stormed Capitol Hill on January 6 last year as lawmakers met to certify Joe Biden's election victory amid accusations of election fraud by Trump supporters. Sporting MAGA hats, or Make America Great Again, right-wing protesters had caused structural and property damage to the Capitol Hill building. Footage was aired of a testimony by former U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr saying that he had repeatedly told the former president that he had lost the election and his claims of fraud were wrong. Ivanka Trump, in her testimony, agreed with Barr. The January 6th committee closed out its first primetime hearing on Thursday with a video montage of convicted and alleged writers claiming that former President Donald Trump quote-unquote asked them to go to the Capitol on January 6th, the Forbes reported. It was a result of Trump's months-long push to overturn his election laws. Proud Boy said in a live testimony to the committee that the members of the group started moving toward the Capitol before Trump finished his speech at a Stop the Steal rally near the White House. Cheney said Trump told White House staffers on January 6th the rioters were quote-unquote doing what they should be doing and he responded to the rioters' chance to hang Vice President Mike Pence by saying Pence deserves it. Cheney claimed multiple Republican congressmen also sought presidential pardons for their roles in attempting to overturn the 2020 elections, in a way confirming their roles in inciting the violence. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on wherever you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.